This is the Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Let's go nuts! It's Jimmy Nuts! Drive out with a car! With your host, Mark Martinez. Remember, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. And the English professor. It's called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. Hey, this is former WWE superstar Duke, the Dumpster Trosi, and you are listening to the Can Crushers Podcast. And welcome back to another Can Crusher Spotlight. And this is one of those ones that you're like, whoa, whoa. Who, who is this? This guy looks like a beast. What the hell is going on? But let me tell you how we got there with our guest. Yeah, you know his name is Dalton Wade. Some of you might know him from some of the indie stuff that he has done around the business. But I get a text uh, about a couple weeks ago from my boy in OBW, Chad Miller, and he's like, hey, you need to check this guy out. You need to reach out to him. You need to make this work. And, you know, he, you, you guys know he always feeds me stuff. Ah, So I'm like, all right. So I reach out, and, you know, I'm getting a little conversation going with Dalton, and we find out what's going on. And then, you know, I Facebook stalk him, and I Instagram stalk him, and I, I'm being the weirdo trying to get as much information on him so I can find out what's going on with this up-and-coming star. And holy crap. First of all, he's a, a brick shit house. He's huge. He's built. He's he's amazing in the ring for being so young in the professional wrestling business. He's pretty damn awesome. Then I find out his backstory, which guys uh, ruining everything. We're going to talk about a lot of this during the interview. Uh, we just find out his backstory, and it's unbelievable. It really is. So before we get into this, I want to thank. Uh, Al Snow and Chad Miller right off the bat for connecting myself and my guest this week, Dalton Wade, to do this interview because there's more to come. There there definitely is more to come with Dalton Wade. He's an up-and-coming star, really. He doesn't have a long resume, but he plans to make a name for himself by ruining his competition. So, guys, we'll get into the interview here in a minute, but we want to tell you about everything going on here on Can Crushers. Guys, don't forget to go to ratethispodcast.com backslash Can Crushers and give us feedback. You know, tell us what you think about the show, how we're idiots. It works for, you know, our spotlights. It works for our weekly shows. Tell us how great we are. No, we, we know we're great. Come on, we know that. We we got Chad Miller sending us people. We got Al Snow talking to us. We, we, we know. Justin Plummer, IWC. We, we, no, 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 guys. I'm, I'm humbling myself. I'm being an idiot today, but uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, go to ratethispodcast.com backslash can crushers and give us some feedback. We'll we'll do uh, what you say. We'll we'll change things around. Maybe you don't want the English professor on the show anymore. We'll kick him off. Fine and dandy. Uh, we also want to tell you guys about Cauliflower Alley Club. Guys, they do a lot for wrestlers that have uh, been injured. You know, have passed, have some medical issues. Guys, if you're listening to this and you're a wrestler or you're talent or, you know, you're anything, this is an organization that you guys really should look into. Cauliflower Alley Club.org. 
Um, they do a lot for the wrestlers in the wrestling business. Uh, we'll feed you back to the B. Brian Blair interview that we did. He talks about it in uh, in length. You can go to their website as well, caulifloweralleyclub.org, to find all about this great, great organization. Um, we're part of it. We, uh, we're we're big supporters of it and we'll continue to tell everybody out there about uh cauliflower alley club guys if you want to be like chad miller al snow justin Plummer, you know all, all these guys uh you can send us an email at cancrusher69 at gmail.com we'll answer it maybe you'll direct us to somebody else you'd like to hear interviewed facebook instagram and twitter all of it is at Cancrusher69, and we'll be able to uh, connect there and get some stuff going. We got some more in the hopper, as we say. But, of course, you have to hear from uh, our sponsor, which is Collar and Elbow. That's right, guys. We love it. The hats, hoodies, the tees, all the great merchandise at Collar and Elbow. And when you check out, use the promo code CANCRUSHERS. All one word. Capital C and Can, Capital C and Crushers, and you'll get 10% off. That's pretty cool. Yep, it's pretty cool to get 10% off. All right, now we'll hear from Al, and then we'll go hear from the man that's going to ruin a lot of people's careers, Mr. Dalton Wade. Wrestling, a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. And welcome back to Can Crushers. I am so excited to have this man come on to the show. Six foot seven, over 300 pounds, ripping up the indie circuit. And when you get Chad Miller and Al Snow saying this guy is going to destroy people, you need to reach out to him and have him on the podcast. Welcome to Can Crushers, Dalton Wade. Hey, how you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Uh, that, that's got to be some praise. You know, you got Chad Miller, which Chad Miller, okay, whatever, who the hell is he? But Al Snow, you know, uh, loves you. Yeah, I mean, these, these are you know, two guys that are really, uh, they, they've got a, they're like the pinnacle of wrestling in, you know, Kentucky right now. I mean, obviously, OVW is the, the mecca of professional wrestling in the state of Kentucky. If excuse me, so I'm uh, a little winded. I'm, I'm actually at the at the gym because I budgeted my time poorly today. Here we are, so I'll try not to sound like a, a fat guy running up a flight of stairs the whole time. But no, um, you know, Al Snow and Chad, these guys are really, you know, they're they're helping me through the process of, you know, kind of finding myself in the ring and uh, you know giving to them the best possible product that I uh, that I can as a wrestler. Please stop giving praises to Chad Miller and give it all to Al Snow because Chad is a dink. Okay, we love him, but we cannot praise Chad Miller anymore on this show. 
Noted. Okay. Uh, let's do the whole rewind. As like we're gonna go back to little Dalton. Uh, you've been a a Mark, a wrestling fan, your whole life, correct? Who brought you into the uh, wrestling? Well, I mean, I think you know I'm not alone in saying that Hulk Hogan was a, a huge part of it. Uh, Ultimate Warrior as well, specifically their WrestleMania match, but. You know, for me, it was more, I didn't really have a strong, you know, more positive male role model. So when I discovered professional wrestling, uh, the WWF at the time, that was, because I'm from up north, we didn't really see a lot of NWA. Um, that was, you know, what got me, and once I thought, I was hooked. Once you found WWF in the network, well, not the network, because that's just recently, but uh, YouTube and everything, do you go back and watch old stuff now, too? Oh, yeah, I, I go back and relive all the matches that, you know, I used to love uh, growing up as a kid. And I liked a lot of the more unconventional guys, too. Um, I was a smaller kid. I was husky, you know, but I was a smaller guy. So I really looked up to, like, Demolition and LOD, um, you know, guys that were just physically larger in stature. So, the, you know, Warlords and Barbarians. So I, I go back and actually do a lot of my own research for what I'm, you know, trying to put together, you know, in the ring. Now, uh, you know, I use from going back and referencing these older matches. And what was your main your main factor getting into wrestling? But let me sidebar that and have you talk about your past as a powerlifter first. Sure. Uh, well, I was a competitive strongman for some time uh, when I was up in Massachusetts and in New England, and uh, it was a series of injuries that weren't, you know, necessarily career-ending um, in the wrestling business or in other sports, but in the sport of strongman, you know, certain things prevented me from being able to actively compete at the level that I was expected to compete at, being a super heavyweight. So I, you know, kind of pulled the brakes on that and started doing charity strongman events, pulling trucks, pulling airplanes, whatever I could do to try to raise money for various causes, because I could still do that. And... Um, through that process, and you know, this may be a, a conversation for another day. I, I, you know, had a, a young man who I ended up doing the charity event for. Uh, he passed away. His name was Dalton, and uh, you know, now here I am today, wrestling as Dalton Wade. Uh, you know, it's largely in part in memory of him. And you, you talked about OVW, but I, I always like pushing this with you guys from Louisville now. Um, why OVW? Because you, you being from North, there's there's hundreds, if not thousands, of, of training centers everywhere. Um, in, in why why Al Snow? He's not your body frame whatsoever. Well. I mean, my wife and I relocated to Tennessee um, maybe five years ago or so, and uh, that was around the time that I started exploring the idea of, you know, this whole, like, let's actually jump into the wrestling thing. And started looking for the right place to train, and, you know, long story short, I ended up coming up under the tutelage of Dr. Tom Pritchard and uh, Glenn Jacobs King um, out in Knoxville. So I didn't go through Al's formal training. However, what I can say is since getting to – OVW Al has, I mean, essentially changed my ways in the ring to really teach me how to work as a, you know, as a, as a big guy and try to, you know, concentrate on, you know, just more big guy stuff because contrary to popular belief, it's it's kind of difficult in my opinion anyway, and I'm sure my opinion varies, but from others, 
uh, it's kind of difficult to work as a big guy because you're, you're so tempted to want to do more, you know, and uh, kind of like when Batista got to uh, the WWE at the time, I think it was already WWE, um, my still in WWF, they had to kind of unteach him his Leviathan, you know, monster ways and retrain him as a more of a hybrid athlete, more of an explosive guy. Um, whereas I'm kind of the opposite where Tom brought us in the same as a lot of other, you know, coaches do where we, we all work similar, you know, as no matter how big you are, you need to learn the, the core basics, the fundamentals, how to be safe, how to tell a story. Um, but as far as like big guy specific stuff, we didn't really go over a whole lot of that. So Al has just been paramount in my learning how to do it, as well as the other guys at OBW, uh, you know, Jay Bradley actually is especially has been giving me some really great advice. Yeah, we had Jay on the show uh, a while back now, and uh, he, he prides himself in being the best heavyweight, but he also prides himself in what he can do for people like you, because he's been legit around the world and back, and he's a great trainer, right? Uh, I mean, he's not my trainer. I mean, I just want to make sure that I'm specific on that, because I don't want to take away from the guys that are you know, full-time ASWA wrestling students because they're the ones that are in Louisville, you know, nose to the grind, paying their dues day in and day out. I just have the privilege of, you know, learning from these guys when I'm in town once or twice a week. But, yeah, I would consider Jay to be a, a mentor in, in a lot of ways. Better work. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think a mentor is good. You know, I mean, he just the other day, for example, uh, went over with me just some different finding points on, on my clothesline. You know, because that move seems very basic, but done wrong can make you look smaller, or done right can make you look a lot bigger. And he's just so damn good at, you know, deciphering the two. He's been, he's just been very helpful. Yeah, uh, he's got one of the wicked clotheslines in there. I, I, when I was talking to him, I compared his to Stan Hansen, JBL. So, yeah, he, he's he's up there. He's really, he's something to work with. He's definitely up there. So I always, he's out of his mind. He's out of his mind. I, I, he actually told my wife he wants to kill me and they can split uh, my life insurance. And she agreed with it. So that's why... Uh, making it down to Louisville is only once or twice, maybe three times a year now, because I'm legit scared of him. And that's totally understandable, but based off of his performance when uh, Impact was in town, all you need to do is get uh, Willie Mack or Moose on your side, and you know, he'll end up on his back for the one, two, three. Nice. All right. Ooh. All right, we're, we're building storylines as we go, and I love it. Um, Jay, don't kill me. I... I always do a comparison, uh, who I think after watching film and everything, kind of who you are to me. Tell me how wrong I am. Only one person has agreed with me. But I see you as a uh, Jax Dane Crimson with an abyss, you know, thrown in on it as well. Um, am I close? Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it really depends on where, you know, where I am, what ring I'm in because I, uh, you know, I've got two different approaches to, you know, who I, uh, my in-ring personality, so to speak. One is, uh, you know, very uh, monstrous and intimidating, uh, for lack of a better word. And the other is, uh, I think the other would be an accurate statement of what you just said. Yeah. Okay. So I was close. I'd, all right. I'm two for probably 150 in the last couple of years. So, <laughs> um, you have 
you have an amazing story, and I, I really want you to, even through your grinding at the gym right now, um, I, I want you to tell everybody about your story. Um, you, you, you tweeted it on, you put it on Facebook probably at the beginning of February, and uh, it, it just needs to be told for the masses to hear. So please, uh, I'll open it up to you. Sure, let me grab my... Uh... Grab my bottle of water here and take a walk down a hall. Just give me, I don't know, 15 seconds. Sure. Sing a song or do whatever you want to do. We're good. We're good. Okay. That's all. Just uh, you know. So I, uh, I think that there's a certain stereotype that people from New England are born relatively well off, right? Or, or for lack of a better term, with so much food in their mouth, it could be further the case, especially, you know, in mine, I, uh, I didn't have it easy growing up. My, my family didn't have a lot of money and, uh, there were some bad decisions made on, you know, their part, my parents' part. Um, so I've, you know, I've, I've found myself on more than one occasion on my own, um, you know, kind of fighting for myself and I've not lived on my own since I was 15. Uh, so I decided to you know, kind of touch on it on social media because I just find that there is a lot of negative of negativity on social media. I don't think anybody would, would even argue that. No. At that point, especially in the world, especially in the world of wrestling. So, you know, I don't have a lot to offer, uh, in the big picture, right? I'm never going to be the greatest technical wrestler, nor do I want to, I, I you know, I, I don't want to have these 90 minute matches that are absolutely mind blowing with 7,000 different technical maneuvers. It's just not me. So, as far as in-ring contributions go, that's not going to happen. I do have a personal story that I think a lot of people can relate to. And whether I make it, you know, to whatever you want to consider the top of the business is, you know, now that we've got rival companies, um, whether I make it there or I'm in the Indies or I stop wrestling tomorrow, I just think that by being transparent and, you know, kind of just open with, where I've come from, if somebody can relate to that and somebody can see, you know, like they're going through a tough time and they're able to kind of pull through and go after their dreams from hearing it, then I did something right. That state, you know, that phrase, if, if, you know, you can reach one person, right, you did something. That's all I'm trying to do is just everyone that gets in the wrestling business wants to leave it better than when they found it. And I think that just by being transparent, um, and, and open and, and not afraid to be vulnerable uh, to those things, that might be a contribution that, that I can make. Um, so, yes, yeah, you know, I mean, I've been on my own for a long time and I've uh, just been struggling and, and trying to fight my way through. And I'm happy with where I'm at today. Uh, I do have goals, uh, a lot of them in the business, not all in the ring. To be honest with you, most of my goals are backstage. Uh, I want to, if, if I can snap my fingers, you know, and fast forward to you know, the end of my time, uh, however that is, whether it's the end of my time or it's just the end of a career, I wanted to be in the world of wrestling um, in a creative capacity. Storytelling is something I'm very passionate about. I always have been, always will be. And uh, so I think by telling my own personal story and helping to kind of create and develop characters to create other stories in the ring, um, in a, a creative capacity or, or a, you know, producing, uh, content producing capacity. That's my goal. Um, but if I didn't decide to, like, 
knuckle up and actually go go after it, it wasn't going to happen on its own. You know, you can use your personal struggles for your 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 history as an excuse or a motivator. So I just chose to use it as a motivator. Nice. nice. That's 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 amazing. It really is. And uh, I hope your story uh, touches more people. And when we get off the air recording, um, I have a few other questions for you, but uh, we'll, we'll break on that for now. Um, sure. Follow up your social media, like I said. And January 1st, you put out, I don't want to say cryptic, but a good kind of message with a picture of you and kind of WWE, so did, did you, we're wondering, did, oh, yeah. you, did you get the invite to go down and work there, or is it just a saying, hey, what's up, what you're on? No, 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 there, 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 was, there, was, there was an email, um, but it's, uh, you know, as of right now, it, it hasn't gone anywhere, I, I can tell you that I, I don't know, you know, if it will, or, or if it won't, uh, and, and I also, I'm not saying that in a negative, you know, a negative way. What, here's the explanation of my seemingly unenthusiastic tone. I'm actually very enthusiastic. To be honest with you, I'm very happy that we're chatting right now. I, I'm honored that you would take the time to speak with me. But what I found when I got in the wrestling business early on was that I was stressing myself uh, way too much, way too fast. Um, and I could see that that was something that was going to burn myself out when I first you know, started wrestling because I'm you know, a bigger guy or I, I have my look and, and, you know, I, I know a few people. I was, you know, I told myself, like, it's going to happen 20, you know, 2020, I'm getting signed and this and that. that maybe, maybe it happened. Maybe it doesn't. How many other thousands of people are, are saying the same thing and hoping the same thing right now? You know what I mean? Right. So I, I there's no, there's, there's no sense in me stressing or, or harping on things that are out of my control. But what is in my control is and something that I've been actively doing is just trying to maintain an open line of communication with them and with, uh, you know, as of right now, all of the, the promotions or the companies rather that you would think of, I've at least spoken to or touched base with or been on the radar for. Um, but being on the radar is such a vague gray area to be, you know, it's, um, I don't really know any other way to, to word that. The post that I put up on January 1st was actually, it was just because it caught me by surprise that the first email of the new year was from somebody, you know, that's of importance at the, the WWE. It kind of blew my mind. Um, and I didn't want to fanboy out, you know what I mean? But I wanted to like kind of take ownership of that and commit myself to whatever I can do this year to try to reach my goals, whether I reach them or not. By the end of this year, or next, or the year after, or when I decide to stop in ring work, I will know that I left nothing on the table and that I gave it everything I had. Because on a personal note, when my father passed away, when I was 15, I hadn't talked to him in some time. And the last few times I talked to him, he displayed in his mannerisms, his facial expressions, and through very short half-finished sentences because he had a lot of pride that he wasn't satisfied with the way that things turned out. He was 37 years old when he passed away. And uh, that was a tough pill to swallow. So I just promised myself that with this, however it all plays out, I'm going to do the best I can, try to make a positive impact however possible. 
and know that at the end of the road, wherever it may lead, um, I won't have any regret in wondering what if, because I saw a lot of what ifs in his face the last time I saw him when he was alive, and I don't want that. Wow, that's that's powerful. You really have me um, at a loss for words right now. Uh, that's that's pretty powerful, and to lay it out all like that is pretty amazing. Um, it, it it's knuckle up or go home, and I, I I like how you said that. I really do. You, you, you look, man. I'll I'll just be I'll just shoot completely straight with you. I, I think that that too many people in this world, not the wrestling business. Just, just generally speaking, social media has gotten us to the point where we all feel inadequate in some way, shape, or form because of the lives that other people are portraying. Everyone on social media, it's, it's, it's either their world is crumbling or the world is the best it could ever be and, and everything is perfect and it's like looking at like a June Cleaver kind of sitcom, you know? And yes. That's not true, man. I mean, people struggle every day and people triumph every day. Life just goes on whether we want it to or not. If we want to try to parade ourselves around pretending like our social media avatars are who we are outside of there, that's crap. And so that's not who I want to be. And so I do keep my personal life personal to a certain extent. But as far as this goes, as far as chasing the dream goes and, and discussing kind of the, the motivators that, that got me to do it, that I'm okay with being open about. And that I'm never going to fake pull punches or try to sugarcoat or make seem like it's anything other than what it is, which is I'm a guy that grew up that had a you know crappy childhood that said, I'm not going to die with regret. And I don't care how it all plays out because I already feel like I've done something worthwhile. I tried. Right. It's the people I mean, that try that actually that don't try that actually fail in life. I think so. Yeah. You also had um, not skipping past that because it, 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 there's no transition there, so we're just going to move ahead. Um, sure. You got to meet William Regal, or you got some notes from William Regal? Talk yeah. about that. That's when I read that, I'm like, holy shit, this guy is really, really on the radar. So it was actually it was a great opportunity. Um, Evolve had a tryout uh, down in Atlanta uh, back in October. I was injured uh, at the time, but not so injured that I couldn't work in the ring. Um, I've since you know had two surgeries to repair my injuries, um, and I've made a full recovery, which is why I'm now back in the ring. I've been in the ring a lot more than what I put on social media. I've been doing a lot of house shows and a lot of stuff off the radar, just to try to like you know find my pace again, get my my you know conditioning back. So. Um, it was October Atlanta evolved tryout and I, you know, had, uh, reached out whether they accept everyone who wants to go or not that I have absolutely no clue, but I reached out, Gabe said, yeah, come on down. Went down. William Regal was, uh, the, the guest speaker who also oversaw our tryout matches. Um, he had kind of brought me into the, the fold in the, the seminar that he had because he, he liked my look to, to be, you know, blunt. He, he said that, that in the, the business today, uh, there are a lot of, there's, there's a trend of a lot of, you know, smaller people that are doing really incredible things, things that I can only, you know, admire because I wouldn't even dare to try half these flips these guys are doing. But, you know, he said as far as the, the old school guys that just look like they could kick your ass, there aren't a whole lot of them. And that was something that he liked about me. So in my match, um, it was a very short match, about three and a half, four minutes. We had a five-minute, you know, max or five-minute time on that end. Uh, I worked heel. 
Um, I ended up throwing the guy in the trap hold because I, you know, again, I watch a lot of old matches and I've been, you know, kind of peppering in things that a lot of guys don't do, you know, axe handles and things like that. And so the, the trap, the trap hold was what caught his attention. So he pulled me off and, and just said, these are some of the things I like. These are some of the things that I didn't. These are some of the things I think you need to work on. These are some of the things I think you don't need to change. <laughs> but to hear it from him was almost like, you know, the, the, the word of God. And, and I know that that might sound a little over the top, but to me it's not because this is a guy and I didn't want to, you know, become a fanboy. I don't use the word Mark. I don't like it. Nah, neither does he actually, but I, I you know, so I'll just say fanboy. I didn't want to become a fanboy. I didn't want to kind of geek out on him and, and tell him I've been watching him all my life and this and that, but man, I've been watching really legal forever. Who hasn't and, and Right, and I admire him because he was always just so good at telling the story and, uh, you know, like Jerry Lawler, his strikes were just insane. They looked second, second and not. I mean, to me, William Regal and Jerry Lawler are two of the best, you know, two of the best punches in the business. So to have him get any, you know, criticism, positive criticism with brutal honesty, though, was, you know, gosh, you know, something that you just don't think is going to happen. And um, so he, you know, he had said, please do not fall out of the fold. Please, you know, try to stay active and pursuing things. Please look for opportunities. Please try to get down to, you know, to a tryout. Um, now, you can be debated if you really wanted me for a tryout. He could have just invited me, right? So who knows? I mean, I, I know that to, to quote someone that I don't know would want to be quoted, but he is a person that you would recognize and you've seen in the ring in the WWE, says, at the end of the day, we're all green, right? At the end of the day, we're all green because we're always learning. Right. And so... I, you know, I think that the time, I'm, I'm big on timing in the world of professional wrestling, and I don't think that the time was right for me to get a tryout. So I, um, I was okay with that. Plus, I had the surgeries, you know, coming up, and, and I knew that, and I didn't know how they were going to go. And there's no mystery what they were. I had my elbow done, and I had a hernia uh, operated on. Um, and it was the hernia that was the question mark, because obviously anything like that, you, you just want to make sure that you're so careful and, you know, come back. And uh, so I waited until I got the medical green light from a doctor that actually did not want to give it to me because he thought that being a wrestler was crazy. Um, but I made a recovery. It wasn't what it was. So he's like, good, go, do it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not holding my uh, my breath. Um, I can tell you that I, I guess I do think that if I don't at least get a tryout, I will feel like I – left something on the table in some capacity, but then it reverts back to, but that's out of my control, so I can't harp on it. Right. That, you know, I've just heard, I've, I've heard what the tryouts are like down there, physically exhausting, you know, blow up drills and just beat you down for three days. And I want to feel that kind of sore. You know what I mean? Like I want to, I want to feel that because when you, when you go into a fight, you know, like look at Rocky, right? I mean, Rocky's the perfect example. He gave it everything he had and he just didn't stop trying. He just kept moving. Didn't care if it looked good or if it looked bad, if he looked tired or if he looked strong. He just didn't stop trying. And that's that's something I know I can do. Uh, I mean, I don't stop trying. And I think that that's why I'm trying to do what I'm trying to do now. I, I don't give up. It, on that same line, uh, again, just bailing everything off your Facebook, um, you put your 2020 goals up and... 
a couple I'm going to throw aside, Dalton, uh, just just because everybody wants to do these, and um, I'm not saying they're garbage. Don't think I'm saying that, but uh, better every match. Yes, everybody wants to do better every match. Win a championship. Yep, that's cool. I I, I want to win a championship too, and I'm not being. Yeah, but a dick- do you know why? I'm not trying to side real, but do you you don't know why I want to win a championship. I don't. I don't. So all right, don't, I'll, I'll let you go. Right. And well, this is something that I, you know, because that's, look, man, people want to win a, a championship for a variety of different reasons. Some want it for clout. Some want it so that they can say they did it. Some want it so that they can, you know, parade around with pictures on social media. I am wrestling in honor of a young man who passed away long before his time. He was a wrestling fan through and through, John Cena especially. He loved John Cena. I had the opportunity to meet him once while he was alive, and then I had the, uh, I'll call it the opportunity because it was a life lesson to be a pallbearer to carry him to his final resting place when he passed. I've since visited his grave at least once a year. That was in 2013, I believe, so I've gone down there six, seven times, but I've also gone down more than once. I've probably been down there ten times. And every single time that I've been there, I've left something, whether it's a plate. I took a 45-pound plate. I'm sorry, a 25-pound plate? 25-pound plate. And I uh, put an epoxy over it so it couldn't rust. And I, I put that down next to his tombstone because he's the strongest kid I ever knew, right? Myself and my friends uh, that were in the strongman community at the time, when we went down there, we delivered that plate. And so every time we go up there, I try to leave something. When I decided that I was going to start wrestling, I was – dead set on still am committed to and will follow through with if i'm fortunate enough to be put in a position to earn a title i'm going to uh i'm going to put it on his grave my first title is going to be for him i'm going to pay to have a replica bell made i'm going to drive five hours to his you know family's house i'm going to bang on the door i'm going to give it to his mother i'm going to say this is for him i won this for him to me, he is he is the champion. He's the champion of my story. I would not be Dalton. My name is Justin, okay? I'm Justin. Dalton, to me, the reason that I chose that name is because I wanted to I wanted to remember what it was that I was going after. And what it was that I was going after wasn't to be in the ring. It was to to try to lift spirits for other people who maybe can't do it on their own. And to be sure that this kid's legacy lived on because he was a fighter for his entire community. Small towns, man, they all pulled for him. I don't know how many people lived in that town, but every single one of them was on his side. And I don't want him to be forgotten about it. And so I want to win a title, and I want to drive there, and I want to show it to his mother. I want to hug her. I want to tell her that this kid is still loved. He's not forgotten. I want to walk up the hill that he's buried on. I don't want to put him on his grave. And then his mother can take it away when, when I leave, and she can put it in the house, or she can leave it. She can do it if she wants with it. But I, I want him to have it. So that's why I want to win the title. Okay. Anything else, I don't, I don't care. But it's for him. That's amazing. That, uh, that, all right, when I read that on there, I, I, I was just pushing it aside, and I, I apologize. I, I really do. You don't have to apologize. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows that story. You know what I mean? But that's, that's what it is. Uh, the the one that really grabbed me, um, because I was going to throw Russell Broad across and get a tryout. Uh, the ten hospital visits for kids. Uh, that uh, again, and that that tag team's the story you just told us then, right? Uh, yeah, it, 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 they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. right. Have you hit any yet this year? Um, I had an opportunity to go to a children's hospital in Knoxville. However, uh, my surgery, my, my second surgery, 
uh, kind of derailed that because I didn't want to go in there looking all banged up and beat up. So what my thought was, uh, you know, we're in March right now, and I thought, okay, so December December and January, I was healing, okay? Uh, February, I started getting stronger, healthier. March, I should pretty much be back in the groove. So April, May is really when I'm going to try to start reaching out to you know, hospitals, children's youth centers, any anywhere that I think that I can, you know, be of, of use to go in and kind of just, you know, hang, tell my story if they want to hear me talk, make, you know, put a puzzle together with them if that's what they're looking for. I mean, you know what, I just just be there, just volunteer. I mean, sometimes just being there is, is enough. And I didn't want to be there in a capacity where I looked weak or, or you know, that I was still recovering. I wanted to, a lot of these kids need somebody that looks strong, somebody that can play the part, you know, to, to, to piggyback back on that, that story about Dalton. When I went to his uh, funeral, his grandmother grabbed me by the hand and walked me to him. Uh, it's my first time ever seeing a dead, dead child. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was tough. So she, uh, she held my hand. She walked me up to his, casket my mother had given me a curious george doll when i was a little kid i was like eight or nine i sent it to dalton when he was going in the hospital for one of his treatments and i said this is george he's been with me my whole life now i want him to be with you in the hospital he kept it with him in the hospital kept it with him by his side uh when i went and visited him he gave me neil who's a sock monkey that lives in my gear bag uh every single show that i go to um neil is with me uh, Neil's in my Jeep right now. So um, he gave me Neil. And when Dalton passed away, his grandmother walked me up and they buried him with George. This is something that's been in my life for decades. And, you know, it was there. Um, so you brought up that uh, Jerry Lawler has some of the, the best punches. And I see that you actually shared a locker room with him. Um, Lawler's one of my favorites because he talks. Uh, he was great. He's a great wrestler as well, but I've always liked his shtick. Did you get any pointers from him, you know, when you were in the locker room? Just uh, how was it sharing the locker room with him? You know, I didn't get any pointers. I also didn't ask. Uh, I do try to make it a point to respect everybody's time and privacy. And of course they're getting hit up by everyone and their brother when they go to these shows. Um, and so if it doesn't feel right, then it doesn't feel right. Um, and it just, the, the opportunity didn't really present itself for me to go up and, and talk to him. Um, short of the very brief program we ran together. Uh, there's a video somewhere on social media of him in the ring. Uh, he's getting surrounded by a couple of guys. I don't recall their names. Um, Memphis guys. And then I, I don't know if our music hit. I think our music hit. And myself and the guy I was tagging with for a very short time, um, we walked out with some baseball bats and kind of chased these guys off, lifting Jerry's arm up in the air and, and in a moment of triumph. Um, so that was all that I had with him. However, um, a couple months later, I was with Al Snow at the uh, Louisville Convention, the uh, Galaxy Con, I think it's called there. Yeah. We were, we were there just representing OVW and you know, hanging out and, and uh, meeting people and passing out flyers and whatever. And uh, Al was just being awesome because that's what Al does. And so uh, Jerry was a couple of tables down. We actually had an opportunity to kind of you know talk a little bit then, um, but it was just casual conversation. Uh, no no real wrestling stuff. Okay. Arn Anderson, on the other hand, uh, Arn Anderson uh, and Ricky Steamboat, were, they, they gave me 
knowledge that that uh, it was like drinking water out of a fire hose. Yeah, um, at WrestleCade this past year uh, in November in Winston Salem. By the way, you should uh, you should look into getting some matches signed and everything on that. Uh, big proponent for WrestleCade. Uh, we had the yeah. the opportunity to sit down with Arn and talk with him, and he between him and Al, they know more wrestling than people have forgot. They they're mm-hmm. they're geniuses, right? Yeah, they're brilliant. Um, you also worked with one of my favorites growing up too, and it might be the same kind of you know scenario where you're gonna say you didn't get to talk to him a lot, but I want to give him his props. Uh, you were on the same card with Coco Beware. Uh, was he fun looking? Oh, no, Coco, Coco, and I talked a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Coco because Coco um, he he had uh, initiated the conversation just because you know he thought I was it was a little unusual that I was at this this particular show, um, you know working it uh he, he kind of made the assumption that i was there that i had maybe been assigned god you know and that i was there doing, doing whatever i don't know he thought i was something that i wasn't but it opened up the doors for communication anyway and so then he started giving me some amazing pointers now what's funny that you just brought him up and i had brought up ricky steamboat prior to it was uh that the two guys had worked uh one another i think madison square garden you know however many years ago well that night coco gave me his um his version of the match. And then by chance, uh, Ricky Steamboat gave me his side months later. And, uh, it was, they, they, they synced up, you know, they were, they were giving me the same story and just to hear it from two completely different perspectives, uh, was, was actually pretty awesome because how many times have you heard two sides of the story from two people that you grew up idolizing, you know? Right. That's like, <laughs> Did, did it bring you back to that match? Did you visualize it the whole time as they were talking about it? So the, I didn't actually. So the match itself, I only had vague, vague memories of. And the reason was, it wasn't until I was, you know, later in, in life before I started wrestling, just you know, later as, as a man, that I realized the importance of some of the guys that I did that I overlooked because they weren't so physically massive. You need to understand that it was the size of the guys that drew me in. So even Macho Man Randy Savage, who like. Let's face it, he's one of the top three in history. Uh, God, I don't think it's an understatement to say he's in the top ten. That that should be a given. And then, of course, it's a matter of opinion from there. But to me, he's one of the greatest workers of all time, right? Growing up, I didn't care for him. Like, I thought nothing of him. Wow. I didn't know any better. You know, well, I didn't know any better. Right. I thought he wasn't, you know, like, I thought he wasn't big, so he doesn't, he's not as important. You know, think of these guys, right, that slipped under the radar to me, to kids like me boneheads that couldn't know, you know, a wrist lock from a wrist watch, right? Because we, they weren't Andre or Hulk or I think the only guy that was able to really have an effect on me as a kid that wasn't hulking in stature, although he was six, five was Jake Roberts. Um, because when he would talk, when he would cut a promo, it was as if he was talking to you. Right through the TV. I, Oh my gosh. And any time, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Anytime I cut a promo, at least once while I'm talking, I think of him and how good he was. And I just want to stop talking because I'm like, I'm failing. I think comparison to what he was able to do and the way that he could just elevate his voice, bring it up, bring it down, whisper, almost like he whispered because he would make you lean in to your TV, like physically sitting in your chair, you would lean in 
to hear what this guy had to say while he was looking at you, right? Yeah. And that's when he would just, oh, man. And then his eyes would go right through you, piercing you. Yes. I... Piercing. Yes. Piercing. And so uh, he is on – I have a short list of guys that I – I, then I hope to not only – I have a long list of guys that I'd love to meet. I mean, who doesn't? But I, on a short list of guys who I guess I would – it would be one of those, like, do it now, ask for forgiveness later type of things where, like I said with Jerry Lawler, I didn't want to interrupt him. I didn't want to break his process. Look, man, if I'm ever near Jake the Snake Roberts, it's going to be like a one-time deal. I'm never going to have the opportunity again. And so I'm probably going to go ahead and be, you know – uh, be intrusive and try to pick his brain for 30 seconds because what's the worst he can say? No. What's the best he can say? Yes. And then I have some of the greatest advice from, you know, one of the most iconic and ring personalities in the history of the business. Yeah. Uh, I've met him a couple times in Altoona, Pennsylvania. I didn't have the same talks that you would have with him. I was, you know, the fanboy. The I'm duly named. My mother named me correct, Mark. You know, that I, I am, you know, you hate the word, and you know Regal hates the word, but uh, we love it because it's my name. So uh, I, I am really a mark for all of you guys because you guys bust your ass for us, for me to do this shtick and uh, help you guys out as much as I can. So yeah. Well, you know we we appreciate guys like you, and we appreciate anyone that takes the time to watch a show like I drove. So here's, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the way to word this because of course now I'm going through a transition with my personality, so to speak. Right. As Correct. far as the, yeah. So, well, I guess what I'll say is I, I, I had to drive out uh, five hours, um, it's like five and a half hours out, five hours back to the middle of nowhere in the Smokies this weekend to, to work. And, um, you know, it was a squash and uh, three moves, literally three moves, uh, kicked to the gut and got wrench across the ring spear. Um, and I had to really, you know, bring the heat and it make people hate me. So I used my words, you know, I cut a promo first and used my words. And I'm there saying things to these people, and there were probably only like 25 people in the crowd, right? But every single one of them, I just wanted to like high five and hug and handshake and thank, right? Because these people were at a place they didn't want to be eating food, they didn't want to eat, sitting with people they didn't want to sit with, paying money they didn't want to spend because they loved this business, because they loved the show. And it's without them. I know everyone, every wrestler says the same thing. Without you, there would be no us. Man, there's truth to that. There's truth to that. Without, like, without, look, like, and if you're watching a movie, people knock extras, right? Without extras, the streets in the New York City would be empty. It'd just be weird. You know, it'd just be an actor walking down the street and nobody else is around him. How strange would that be? Everybody is a piece of the puzzle, everybody. And that's why one of the things that the WWE is doing right, not that I'm in a position to say what anyone in the business does right or wrong, but as a fan, because I'm also still a fan, one of the things that they are doing very right is that they are referring to the universe over and over and over again, because without the universe, there would be no business. There would be no WWE. Spot on. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Yes. Let's break from wrestling for a little bit um, and, and get to know Justin, as you said it. What are some of your What are some of your guilty pleasures? You know, a break from you know that you're vegan or keto or whatever the hell you are. But what do you really like? Are you a chocolate guy or what? Do you, what's going on? Hang on one second. I'm just trying to. I gotta walk down the hall here. I can't hear you right now. 
I don't know what their conversation was, but they'll be giggly and giddy. Okay, so what is what you said? Guilty pleasures? Oh, from food to just something that, like, if you have some downtime and you're like, damn it, I'm playing some video games. All right, what, this, is the, this is the point in the conversation where I'm just trying to find a place. Okay, I'm, I'm in a bathroom. I'm yes. in a bathroom. Yes. Here we go. Alright, guilty pleasures. One more time. What do we got? Uh, anything from food to video games to anything. And by the way, that's not getting edited out because you're legit in the bathroom right now. That's awesome. Uh, what, what do you what do you like to do in your downtime? Um, so uh, I want to be able to call myself a gamer. I'm just not good at them. <laughs> so I'll play, but I suck. Welcome uh, to my life. One. Yeah, so I got Xbox One, and I'll do the Call of Duty whenever a new Call of Duty comes out. But I got the old Nintendo. Uh, that, like, system that has, like, 100 games on it. So I'll play, like, Contra, Metroid, or whatever, stuff like that. Uh, so I like video games. Um, I actually like puzzles. That's something I don't even think my wife knows because we don't really have any in the house. So I, I like puzzles, man. I'll sit and I'll, I'll make a puzzle. Uh, I think that probably comes from, like, my grandfather or something. Who, who you know, who knows? And I love going to movies. Um, I have a whole Quentin Tarantino sleeve goes from my wrist on my right arm all the way up to... I'm looking at it right now. Uh, a collarbone, and then across my entire right pec. Soon, it will cover the entire backside of my arm, over to the back of my shoulder. Um, it's all Quentin Tarantino characters or, or things that he's written, directed, or produced. Um, you know, and parts of the story because I love storytelling, and Tarantino is controversial as he may be. He's one of the greatest storytellers that's ever lived. So. So I, I, the next thing was going to be your favorite style of movies, but I guess you just answered that. What is your all-time favorite movie then? Um, actually, so my all-time favorite movie is not a Tarantino film. Uh, it, it really depends on my mood, but what I more often than not end up uh, leaning on is a movie called Warrior. Do you know what Warrior is? No clue. Well, yeah, so Warrior starring uh, Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy, a young Tom Hardy before Bane, a couple years before Bane, like two or three years before he was Bane. Uh, it's loosely based on uh, actual events where two brothers ended up facing off in a uh, the main event of an MMA tournament. Um, I think that the actual events were just that two brothers were in the tournament. I think that was it. But they, of course, fictionalized the story. And uh, it's a really powerful story. To me, it's the closest thing to a modern-day Rocky that doesn't have Stallone, because, of course, Creed and Creed Two were both great films, but they had Rocky in them, you know? Right. Um, so this is the closest thing to a modern-day portrayal of the Rocky story, an underdog school teacher that's doing MMA fights in parking lots at strip clubs at night to try to make ends meet to pay his mortgage for, you know, his family, his wife, and his two little girls. One has some health issues, and Tom Hardy's on the other side of things where he went AWOL from the military and uh, he's kind of just lost pain meds, alcohol, rediscovers his love for the world of wrestling. Uh, he's a high school he's a wrestler and, and starts doing MMA. And, you know, you can imagine how the story goes from there. It's just, it's a, a really motivating, uplifting story about an underdog that doesn't back down. And fun fact, Kurt Angle's in it. Uh, they, I, I was going to check it out. Prior to you saying Kurt Angle's in it, but uh, Warrior guys, uh, let's uh, let's all watch that. Maybe we can review it for an episode or something, and uh, have you back on to tell us how stupid we are when we do our review, right? I've seen it about thirty times. I would love to talk about that movie. 
Awesome. We'll, we'll make that happen for sure. Uh, what else? What else is going on? You know, you you, you say you're kind of in like transition of this and that. Uh, I, I don't know. Let's just give me something personal, real quick, that uh, many people don't know about you, uh, without going down any weird line. Yeah, sure. I love cats. <laughs> Dude, I'm nothing against I, it. I, I just like, wasn't expecting that. I uh, okay. So like, I love I love animals. Love cats. I hit a deer. I mean, January fourth, this uh, promotion asked me to come out and clothesline a guy just a guest spot because I you know um, had a following at the venue they were at, and uh, my wife and I were leaving, and we hit a buck, full size, huge buck. I drive a Jeep uh, Compass or Cherokee or whatever it is, one of those. And uh, it put my my Jeep in the shop for three weeks. When I walked up on the deer with a knife in my hand, thinking I was actually going to have the stones to put it out of its misery if it wasn't already, which I wasn't, by the way. Spoiler alert, I was going to just sit there and cry until the thing died. I, like, was all teary-eyed, right, because it was just like, I killed an animal. I'm a big softie for animals, but cats especially. If I go to somebody's house and they've got cats, I'll sit on the floor and roll around with them. Nice. Uh, yeah. side, side note to the deer thing: Did you did you keep it? We're, us up here in Pennsylvania, no. if if we hit it, we instantly take it home, gut it, skin it, and we are eating it the next day. No, no. I I walked up on it. It was like you know, it, it, it was what it was, and uh, went to move it, grabbed its paw. It, it just didn't feel alive because it certainly wasn't. I couldn't bring myself to even drag it off the road. I uh, walked away. Some old man, guy was like eighty, see, you know, middle of the night, middle of nowhere. Um, but he sees me walking away from the carcass, stops, makes sure I'm okay. He gets out. Guy's just old school, you know, badass, and uh, just goes, puts some gloves on, and drags this thing off the road and drives away. And basically did the dirty work for me because I just wasn't, uh, you know, couldn't bring myself to do it. And it was in that moment that I realized this guy is more of a man than me, and I'm okay with it. And he probably had a Marlboro hanging out of his mouth as well at the same time, right? You know it. He, he was that. That's the guy. Yeah. 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 All right, let's switch back to wrestling a little bit. And the first one might be a little bit of a hot point. As I said, I really don't go hot a lot, but I just saw this recently. Um, rumors of Sonny Ono representing you? Is this, a, is this something we can touch on, or what the hell? Yeah, there's, there's not much to say. Um, I had uh, oh, somebody that he represents uh, had said, this is a guy that you really need to touch base with. I sent him an email uh, along with some footage and some photos or whatever. He said, this is, you know, yeah, man, let's have a conversation. I'd like to discuss, you know, I'd like to just have a discussion with you. Because um, I had said I'm looking for representation. Because at the time, I thought that that was something that I needed. Because this is going back, I don't know. Before my surgeries, I think maybe maybe it was like November, maybe it was yeah, it was sometime at the end of 2019. And as life happens, um, you know, it just didn't pan out. We didn't connect. I was on Twitter last night or, or the night before. I'm still learning the whole Twitter thing because it was good luck. Something I just didn't. Well, yeah, I just it's not. It's like at first I thought it wasn't for me, but then I find it to be very informative as long as you don't take one person's word for something. You know, it's a good way to learn about, like, I hate to bring it up, Kobe, okay? Yeah. So I saw it, and I was like, and that was how I was like, I'm not going to take this seriously because it could be a hoax. However, 
I also think it's worth looking into, look into it, sure enough, right? So it is a place to at least get, to, to be relatively informed enough to go do some research, to learn about other things, to make sure you are actually informed and not misinformed. Um, so I'm starting to like Twitter. And I was on last night, don't remember who it was. Somebody posted a couple screenshots from the conversation. They bring in somebody, I don't even remember who, out to Tampa, wanted like box seats for WrestleMania, tickets to Disney, all, all sorts of stuff. Man, I'm going down with a six foot six, 350 pound dude from Chicago, and we're sleeping in our car, okay? Because we don't have the money to get a hotel. We don't know where we're working. We are booked on one show for Alex Corteau on uh, March 29th, which is my buddy's birthday, the guy I'm going with. And ironically enough, my birthday is the day before. So we're spending our birthday week. Yeah, so we're spending our birthday weekend driving WrestleMania. And uh, we'll be down there. We're staying for the week. We're hoping we can get some gigs. Uh, I'm going to go help out with Ring of Honor um, a little bit uh, backstage. And then... Uh, I'm going to go over impacts, gave me the green light to go and, you know, help out over there and maybe roll around a little bit. Um, they're just such great guys to hang with. You know, they're such good people. I love, I'm not trying to put them over, man. This is, no. this is sincere. I love, the, I love the guys at impact wrestling. They're so, they're so damn cool. So, um, I know that I've got some stuff, but I also know that I'm not making any money while I'm there. And so, yeah, we're, we're going down for sacrifice and just to be there, just to be a part of the energy, man. So like, then you get, on the other hand, this guy who's sending, I mean, there were screenshots of the conversation. So it's like, you saw what he had to say. He's asking probably these ridiculous demands. It was crazy. It, it was crazy. Gosh. Gosh. Yeah. So, yeah. So now it's safe to say I, uh, you know, I'm trying to do more on-camera work uh, moving forward. My, my, my shoot job, I, I work in, in Dolan TV, actually. And I want to try to switch and get on camera more. So I am looking for you know, representation for, you know, commercial work or music videos or whatever I can get with you. Maybe I'll, I'll email you some uh, photos of this guy that has been lingering around OVW wearing a mask that I've heard about. Yeah, what, um, what's up with that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who he is. He's got some good tattoos, man. Yeah, this he... guy's got some cool tattoos, and he's, he's probably really handsome underneath that mask. I don't know. He's about my height and my size, but... I don't, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait on that. Is what the word is. Uh, well, you won't. You won't have to wait long. No, but, uh, I know that too. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I'm just, you know, I, I want to try to to get into the into that business a little bit more. But as far as wrestling goes, I just don't know that I need representation because I don't know that I'm worth. And this isn't a dig on myself. I don't know that I'm worth representation. I'm like, I'm happy at OVW. And if Al suggests that I go somewhere else, uh, you know, to do something here or there, I'll, I'll go do it here or there. I'm really just putting a lot of trust in him because this guy's been in the business for, I mean, almost 40 years. I think 37, 37 years, okay? But he knows a thing or two. And I'm, I just, I trust him because I have no reason not to. Um, so I'm just following, I'm following his process and uh, really learning a lot um, along the way. I can tell you right now, that OVW is the best thing that's happened to me in the business yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I, I was you were reading my notes actually because we we are going to shift gears to OVW a little bit more. Uh, why OVW? What are you going to do in OVW? And then you know how do you love the partnership with OVW and Impact? So all those are on the table as you already touched that you love the guys at Impact. So, um, well, I, I don't want to say who are you going to target right off the bat, but you clearly have to have targets at OVW when you show up, right? Yeah, I got one. Yeah. Um, I, I got one for sure, but I'm not going to say oh, no. who it is. I'm just going to say he's going to have a very bad day. Good. That's, uh, that's what we want to hear. He's going to have a very bad day. Um, I, I've been watching OBW for a long time. I, I don't have a clue of who he was. It was a friend of mine when I was in my early 20s, and he had access to be able to watch, like, the then Leviathan, now Dave Batista, um, you know, character persona he brock lesnar although i didn't know who he was at the time i mean the cena prototype right the prototype john yep. cena um i i was able to see all these things i don't remember how but i i mean i remember the prototype very well i learned about his bodybuilding story and, and all that and uh so obw had been on my radar for a long time and it was a place i never thought that i would be so when i went and, and i learned um you know from from dr tom um, and I knew that it was time to try to find a, you know, like a what's next. Um, OBW was my goal. And I had met Al like 15 years ago, uh, tough enough season three tryout. Um, I got in Chicago and, uh, I had got cut on the casting episode. I was told that I was too much like two of the characters that they had. So, it just didn't work out. And when I saw the show, uh, cause only one of those two guys was, was at the Chicago casting. The other one was at one of the other, I think he was at Morrison's, um, in Missouri or wherever it was, Mississippi. So, uh, they were right. I was too much like these guys, but I met Al, you know, they, they, we went in and it was like, okay, you didn't have a ring and you had to try out to, you know, be, be a wrestler. So it was okay. Go in, do 14 jumping jacks, six sit-ups, you know, five, I don't know, air squats, go. And you're like, what? And then you start moving. And then right after, they have you cut a promo. And I got caught in all. And he took his bottle of water, put the cap on it, and just fired it at me. Like, drink it. You know? Yep. Like, drink it and keep drink it and keep talking. And that was actually my second time being in the tough enough uh I don't want to say process, but, you know, near the process that I was actively in the process. I think like 70,000 people tried out back then we had to send VHS tapes, you know, um, I, I was like, what can I do to look different on my VHS tape? I, I don't know how to wrestle, but I can lift up the side of a car. So I lifted up the entire side of the Pontiac. Um, Damn. and, uh, yeah, the, the, both the driver's uh, front and, and rear tire. And, um, that so it got on their radar and then they they had done phone interviews with whoever i think kevin kelly might have been one of my contacts and um they took 75 people to the tapings for the, the casting three locations one was monaco hotel monaco in chicago the other one was somewhere else and then the other one was on like a ship that was the one morrison was on and so I had met Al back then, but I, I never thought that I was going to get to actually wrestle for him. And after I had left Knoxville, I reached out to 
Al and, and just expressed interest. I went up and watched a couple of shows. You know, I drove out and just watched as a fan in the seats. Not at the Davis Arena. There were house shows. And had made sure to talk to him. Jeff Jarrett was around at the time, so I was talking to Jeff. And um, you know, just kind of mingling and, and helping put chairs away, right? And helping just contribute. Being a fan that was getting his hands dirty, which isn't always the best thing to do, except they also saw my size and they knew what it was all about. You know, I was trying to get close to them. And they let me do it. And so uh, Al didn't. Al wasn't there. You know, but, but Jeff Jarrett especially was you know, hanging with him. And so long story short, I ended up going up and hanging with, with Al a couple of times and just kind of picking his brain out the Davis Arena. I expressed my interest. He had said he'd be willing to give me a shot, um, you know, roll around in the ring, learn this, learn that. And, you know, now here we are. And I'm just really excited for any anything any opportunity he's willing to give me um i'm never going to say no to him i just i trust him wholeheartedly which is dangerous in a lot of ways but to circle back to being vulnerable sometimes you just have to allow yourself to you know kind of just say just like that movie with jim carrey yes man you know how fun yes man i'm saying yeah you know I'm, just, I'm saying yes and i'm learning you know anything that he teaches you um is something that you want to retain. The problem is that he's, he teaches you so much. It's like, again, drinking water from a fire hose. So you just retain what you can. You know, like Jay Bradley gave me some great pointers the other day. I forget half of what he said. So when I see him tomorrow night, I'm just going to pick his brain some more. Yeah, those, um, those guys are all great down there. Uh, you, I'm sure you talked to Rip. I'm sure you talked to Jay, uh, Revolver. All those guys are just uh, a great bunch of guys on at OVW. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, 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 I, I don't get to see Rip all that often. Um, I've seen him a couple times, but he, uh, I haven't picked his brain. But Jay, Al, uh, Revolver, um, the guys they bring in, Rhino, who's been there a few times. Um, you know, just, I, I just uh, make conversation, and if it presents itself, you know, like I was uh, at, at that show out in the middle of nowhere the other night, uh, Johnny Swinger was there, and so we just talking business. Um, you know, kind of organically happened. He's really knowledgeable as well. Just stay away from Chad Miller. That's all, that's all I want to say. I'm not going to stay away from Chad Miller. The man, the man is, is giving me a shot. I, all right. Well, that's no. I we love him. We're just we always throw him under the bus. All right. Uh, I know. All right, we, we've had you on for a while. We have uh, a couple more questions that we always end with, and uh, I'm sure we're going to talk to you again soon if not sooner than later, about several different things and the movie The Warrior. But let's wrap this up with the three things that we always do, all right? Um, you're young in the business, air quotes, young in the business, but, you know, you have somebody coming up, uh, a little guy saying, hey, Dalton, how can I get in the business and what kind of advice will you give me? What do you tell them? Uh, definitely the very, it depends on how old they are. I mean, if they're 10, my life is going to be different, but somebody that's somebody that's of an age to be able to wrestle is get, get training, get proper training. And that's what I meant. That's, I, that's certainty. I didn't mean somebody 10. I definitely meant somebody 18, 19. It's good to go. I had somebody that was like, I don't know. I'm dad with age. He's, he's definitely a young teenager. He's probably like 12 or 13. He asked me that question the other day. And I was like, do not do what you see on the backyard videos on YouTube. Right, because he got that guy. I don't even know his name. There's no need to even mention it. But the one who's hurting himself, jumping through chairs and, and 
fluorescent right. light bulbs. Uh, right. They, that's yeah. don't 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 do that. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, we we will not mention that. that. That's stupid. Um, so it's stupid. Your dream match. Your dream match. And there's three things to this dream match. Please tell me you're going to be able to get this. Who, what arena, and what stipulation do you want? Can I be in the match? You, you have to be in the match. It's you. Well, against... I don't have to be. Well, no, because if I have a dream match, dream match, it's, it's, it's pretty much coming true, man. I've wanted to see Brock and Drew go bag heads for a long time. Right, not whether so, you won as a fanboy. You being in the match, your working dream match. Uh, I, I would like to wrestle. Uh, I would like to work Drew McIntyre. Not because he's hot right now, but because the guy's paid his dues. And he's a physical specimen. He's an absolute savage. Um, I would like to work Drew McIntyre. I don't really care what the, the, the arena is. So I guess for this, uh, I want to go back home. Uh, so whatever they're calling it in Boston now, TD Bank North Garden or whatever it is. No, you know what? Screw it. I want to wrestle because this is fantasy land. I want to wrestle Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts, in front of everybody in my hometown that told me that I wasn't going to make it, that I wasn't going to get in the business, because that's where I grew up, and that's where I was poor, and that's where I lived in a you know, damn tool shed and a car and a coffee shop, uh, you know, literally sleeping on the floor of a coffee shop when I was 15. Um, I want to go back there, and I want to wrestle Drew McIntyre as the champion, and uh, I think it would be fun to do it in a – you know what? This is boring, but in just a regular good old-fashioned match. It's not boring. You guys are two behemoths just battling. That would yeah. be amazing. I'd, I'd sign me up. Yeah. And I just, you know, to, I've thought about that. I daydream about that all the time. I've, I've always daydreamed about being able to go back go back home and be on the, the biggest stage in the mall. And it's not spiteful. It's actually just just to be able to, you know, showcase what dreams look like, you know, I, when I, you're willing to go after them. I didn't know if you were stone cold in all of Gillette Stadium or not, you know, saluting them, but you're, you're going to do it the right way. I would be saluting everybody saying right here, but you're a better man already. And finally, give everybody your social media so they can uh, start following you and see where you're going to be, what's going on, how you're going to destroy OVW here in the near future. I appreciate it. Um, so uh, Dalton Wade, D-A-L-T-O-N-W-A-D-E, um, official. That's Instagram, Dalton Wade official. Twitter, Dalton Wade 615. Facebook, just Dalton Wade. Um, I have the official and I have the 615 on the other ones because it wouldn't let me just be Dalton Wade. Apparently Dalton Wade's already a thing. It's a real estate agency in Florida. So it's funny. Um, so just Dalton Wade, uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. My YouTube game sucks, but that's something that I'm going to try to work on moving forward because I know it's a necessary evil. Because you got to understand, I don't, I don't really like social media. I know that it's a necessary evil and I can appreciate it for what it is, but you know, if we, could get, if we could get through this business the way that they used to back in the day, where you drive from town to town and you have a headshot and, you know, you, you're trying to get some tapes some VH test tapes in front of a promoter that may or may never watch them, I wish you could do that. Yeah. Tape you know? trading days, um, yes. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, yeah, Dalton Wade. Instagram's pretty much my go-to. Um, uh, I'm not great with 
any of the other ones, but I like pictures, so Instagram's been my go-to. Because it's easy, isn't it? That's why. I, I, I'm throwing you in the bus already like we've met and drunk beers or something already, but it's easy. You, you take a picture and you put it on the damn thing. Yeah. Well, each of the pictures, though, I try to put a little bit of a story with them. Wait. You know, there was a whole time I deleted all the pictures, but back in the day when I was first getting ready to even go get trained, I did a whole photo series uh, with a professional photographer of a certain, uh, you know, persona, right, with a mask. And I told a whole story over the course of like 40 or 50 pictures. And it was interesting to a lot of people. And I hated pulling that stuff uh, down, but I had to pull it Wow. That, uh, pull it back up. Pull it back up right now. No, it's gone. Oh, no, they're deleted. <laughs> you'll, 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 you'll like the stuff that's, uh, you'll like the stuff that's, that's going to start getting pumped out there. Though. That, that I can promise you. Oh, I'm sure of that. You'll, uh, see, you'll see it more from them. But, like, what I'll say is you should tune into the show tomorrow night. And if you're uh, free, you should probably try to get to the Davis Arena on Saturday. Duly noted. Duly noted. All right, Dalton, we're going to let you go. Like I said, I'm sure we'll talk to you right about the movie and then uh, more coming with OVW. Thank you for joining us on Can Crushers today. Uh, I kept you a little long, but it was interesting. He might be the first one that said it was fun talking to us, or me, or all of it, whatever. It was fun talking to us? That's awesome. Guys, didn't I tell you at the beginning that this guy has had a life? Uh, I love what he's doing. I love all his goals, but I love why he's doing it. It, it, It's unbelievable. The story about why Dalton Wade is Dalton Wade... uh, we had to stop. We really did. We had to stop and kind of reset as we were doing this. It's unbelievable. More on that in the future as we have something lined up in, in the back burner or whatever, however you want to say it, because this is this is wonderful. It really is. Man, I, I hope I'm part of the championship win when it comes for Dalton, I, I hope I get to see him ruin somebody and taking that title off of anybody, and then just walk it along, you know, drive it wherever to that gravesite. That is just a, a wonderful story. That's that's being an amazing human being. I, again, throw wrestling aside. We love wrestling, but when you have somebody doing this and continuing that legacy. For you know the the youngster that passed away, I, I don't I don't know what else to say. Um, guys, if there's anything you should do, you should follow Dalton Wade because of that because of the story is awesome and he just wants to make memories and touch everybody, uh, touch their hearts and pull out their strings. You know what I'm trying to say? It, it's just he he's got me all he's got me all tied up. Uh, he really does. So. Thanks, Dalton, for coming on the show. Thanks to Al Snow and Chad Miller for making this all possible. Uh, We love it. We love talking to the guys from OVW. So, again, guys, go to ratethispodcast.com backslash cancrushers. Give us a review. What we really like is when you guys like, share, comment. You know, all that stuff that people beg for. Yeah, well, you know, we like to beg for it, too. Uh, Just pass us along. Let everybody know how cool can crushers are. And then we love talking to wrestlers. We really do. Um, My mom duly named me Mark. I say it all the time. I am a Mark for this business. I love it. But 
Thong says something about uh, there's a Saturday night special going on at Davis Arena, 4400 Shepherdville Road, this Saturday. That will be Saturday night special. It's called Hunting Grounds, guys. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but if you're there, you should probably keep an eye out. Uh, something, somebody could be ruined. I don't know. Guys, remember, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. See you Sunday. Yeah.